0: Dr. Veronica Anderson is an MD, and for her that means many dimensions. She's a surgeon, a mother, a black belt, and a two-time marathon runner here to talk to you about your health, your happiness, and your world. It's wellness for the real world with Dr. Veronica Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Wellness for the Real World with Dr. Veronica. You may have guessed this by now, but I am not Dr. Veronica. I am Russell Cook, Veronica's co-host and producer. We're having a momentary uh, technical problem with Veronica, but I'm sure she's going to be back with us any second. So please, don't go anywhere. I'll try to be nice to you until she gets back, and she's much better at this than than I am anyway. But, um, while we're waiting for her, um, I want to tell you a little bit about what our, what our show is about tonight. We're talking tonight about something that, that I wasn't even aware of until fairly recently. It's a hormone that men and women produce called oxytocin. Now, I know there's been a great deal of talk about it in the press lately. Apparently, it's it's known colloquially as the love hormone or the cuddle chemical, Um as I understand it, it occurs only in mammals. Um, it's very prevalent, for example, when a woman or a female uh, mammal of some time of some kind calls uh, gives birth. Um, the uterus is just flooded with oxy, oxy um, oxytocin, and I believe we have Dr. Veronica with us live. Is that correct? Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. There she is.
0: Oh, we we were having a tense moment. Ah, no tense moment. It's always
2: fun to, you know, have technical difficulties uh, right (laughs) as you go into your show. And this is what it's like in the days of technology when we're broadcasting from everywhere. But here I am. Welcome to Wellness for the Real World. I'm just like, (sighs) I'm going to miss talking about oxytocin. I mean, the love of chemical. I'm going to miss talking about it, but here I am. All is not lost. <laughs> so, I just want to yes. say to everybody, welcome to Wellness for the Real World. Thanks for listening to Russell, who I'm sure was over there panicking and turning red, said, "Oh no, going to have to start." But here we are. So, we're going to talk today about the bonding chemical, the love chemical, the chemical that makes us love people in our group and not love people who are outside of our group so much we're going to talk science and we're going to talk also this is the bonding hormone that we all want to have a lot of it's the hormone that's implicated when you've been married for a long time you die and your partner dies soon after because maybe there's not enough oxytocin it's that hormone that we all want to figure out how to get more of it's the hormone that i learned a couple weeks ago that when you're having sex women when they're receiving it's higher and men when they're giving it's higher and i was just like i I love to walk around and tell men that um so that they can know that you know what you have to make sure you give because your woman needs it so she can have it but you giving i mean you're going to have it and live longer (laughs) so We're doing this whole show on one chemical, one substance, because it is so important and more research is coming out every day as to how important it is. And we even have someone on here who's going to give us some strategies for boosting our oxytocin so that we can all feel better and be happier. So why don't we have Russell get right in and introduce our first guest, and we'll just start yakking.
0: Well, gee, why don't we do that? Um, our first guest, we're quite honored to have with us. His name is Paul J. Zach. He is the author of a book called The Moral Molecule that's coming out in just a month or so. He's spoken at the TED conference about oxytocin, and um, he is actually the first person to identify the role of oxytocin in creating these trusting behaviors between people. So welcome, Paul Zak. You're on Wellness
3: for the Real World with Dr. Veronica. Thank you, Russell and Dr. Veronica. Great to be here.
2: Thanks for being on. Now, give us the the latest and the greatest lowdown. I feel very privileged to have, we've had, like back-to-back where the last few weeks had people who were from the, the venerated TED that we all watch on YouTube and you guys are all the gurus that the rest of the world is watching. So we know that you're bringing us the latest and greatest. So what is the latest and greatest about oxytocin?
3: Well, I think the introduction in which you actually had technical difficulties and we were all stressed out a little bit is a perfect way to understand oxytocin. So what you did, Dr. Veronica, is you drew on your social support system in this case Russell filled in for you while the engineers got you online and that is something really unique to human beings we not only bond with people in our families our romantic partners but we actually cooperate with complete strangers and it took uh, ten years worth of experiments out of my lab to show exactly how this works in human beings uh, but basically when you see someone who's safe around you your brain releases oxytocin and that motivates you to interact with this person so it's the foundation for social support it's the foundation for reducing stress and we've actually shown in research that we published just in the next couple of months that it improves the immune system so we have this very simple and ancient molecule in our brains in the brains of all mammals but in humans it's really a kind of a hyperdrive that lets us connect relax and be healthy
2: So tell us more about the... You said this is the hormone that helps us cooperate with strangers. Talk a little bit more about that.
3: Right. So one thing we do as human beings is we're around this sea of strangers all the time. And so we've got to have something in our brain that says, Dr. Veronica, safe, nice, want to be around her. Russell, not so sure. I don't know. Might be a sketchy guy, so I should be careful. Just kidding. He's fine. (laughs) Um, So how do we do that? So this... uh, very subtle messenger that works below the level of conscious awareness, affects things like heart rate and blood pressure, and it gives us this body sense that this person's safe or not safe. So it balances stress hormones like cortisol, ACTH, that tells us that things are unsafe, and this tells us, oxytocin tells us that something is safe. And so, as you know, when we are isolated from others, when we don't have that social support, our health uh, declines. And one reason for that is the role of oxytocin in reducing these stress responses.
2: Okay. So now, a few weeks back, we did a show which we talked about um, dating across ethnic lines. And oxytocin has been implicated in why we like to date and mate within our group. Is that so, that oxytocin is causing us to be very ethnocentric and prejudiced to a standpoint? Uh,
3: the short answer is no. So, if you read these, uh, you know, the scientific articles, the evidence for that is very weak. What oxytocin does do is make us more sensitive to social con- con- uh, context. So, when we raise oxytocin, um, individuals feel the sense of compassion or empathy, we connect to others. In experiments in my lab, well, people connect um, more or less unambiguously, so they'll, they'll connect to anybody. They're sort mm. promiscuous connections okay. when we raise oxytocin. yeah, we make social group salient it. in any kind of way, have you uh, focus on them, uh, have, wear a different color T-shirt, I can certainly change your behavior because we all have scarce resources and we need to deploy them in ways that are most effective and help us survive and reproduce. Um, and so there's very little evidence that oxytocin makes us treat strangers badly. There is evidence that we, on oxytocin, tend to favor uh, people in our, quote, in-group, but what we should find with oxytocin research in my lab is that we can expand that notion of in-group almost infinitely. So as long as I don't make these clear distinctions on who's in and out, once I raise oxytocin, I want to connect to others. And how do we know this? Say, oh, well, that's a nice statement. How do we know? So what we do in my lab is we use this, uh, what I call a Jerry Maguire post-research. If you really care about somebody, Show me the money. So we tempt people with virtue advice by putting money in the table. So in the experiments uh, in which they claim to show this sort of uh, ethnic bias, it's really not there because they're asking hypotheticals, what would you do if? We actually have people who will share money with strangers when we raise their oxytocin levels. They will give money to charity. Um, They will help out strangers in tangible ways that are costly to themselves. So we think this is very solid evidence for how oxytocin motivates us to be altruistic
2: interesting how did you first decide to start studying oxytocin
3: great question uh, one of my colleagues uh, told me that this was the world's stupidest idea um, and he might have been right uh, he was an O B G Y N by the way dr veronica um, he said, this is okay. just a female hormone it can't be important for life because it's just for women right and i said well you know men's brains makes this make this substance too there must be a reason why and I had done work previously showing that trust was among the strongest predictors of whether countries would be rich or poor. So rich countries are high trust countries. And began get to wonder if the same thing was true about individuals. Individuals who have rich social networks, who have a lot of trust, are they physiologically different? And started searching for the underlying physiologic mechanisms through which we trust individuals and happened across this amyloid or drug oxytocin but no one had really figured out how to translate that into humans. So how do I really know if you trust me? Well, one way is, would you let me control a pile of money that you have in front of you? So that's the way we started doing this, was just saying, hey, if someone gives you money, what's your brain do? Right? And when someone gives you money denoting trust in which you can hmm. keep it or share it, what happens when that money actually has this uh, implied trust uh, associated with it? And so we found the more money someone sends you, the more your brain releases oxytocin, and even though you don't have to in these experiments, the more you tend to return to the person who trusts you to return money. Um, so anyway, we went from there. We developed an oxytocin inhaler with FDA approval, in which we can shoot oxytocin into the human brain, and we can show that there's a direct link between raising oxytocin levels and the desire to connect to others in a tangible way that is share resources with them.
2: Okay, so I have to ask that again to make sure that we all heard that right. Did you say the more money that you give to someone, the more that they trust you?
3: Yes, that's right. So if you're giving someone, letting them control your money, in a laboratory setting at least, then you're saying, look, we do this all not without face-to-face. So these experiments involve, of course, many college students. So imagine if the person across from you is a cute guy or a girl. Of course you're going to be super nice to them, uh, you know, because you want to get their phone number. So uh, we do experiments that don't involve any face-to-face interactions. They take place by computer. And we still find that when you send someone money by computer – that they can control and the money grows. That's why you send it to them because this person who, who receives the money can make it grow for you. Um, yeah, so we have basically have a biology of reciprocation or, uh, you know, you're nice to me, I'm nice to you. The golden rule. The golden rule is actually part of our biological makeup. Now, not always. So I think mm. knowing the chemical basis for why we cooperate also tells us why we don't cooperate. So, for example, we found about 5% of the thousands of people we've measured oxytocin in blood for, don't release oxytocin when they're trusted. These 5% look a lot like psychopaths. So <laughs> 5% of the people you have to worry about, right? But 95% of the people, even if you're not sure if you should trust them, most of the time you're going to be right. Um, high stress will inhibit oxytocin release. And interestingly, another big inhibitor for oxytocin is high testosterone. So who are the least empathic people on the planet? Teenage boys, which Russell and I used to be. And we can tell you, we're not thinking about anybody else. We're thinking about ourselves.
2: Okay. So now I have to ask over there, um, just, you know, Russell's not shy about this. I'm wondering if men who are homosexual have higher oxytocin than men who are heterosexual.
3: Great question. We haven't found that. Um, we have found that individuals who baseline are more empathic uh, do release more oxytocin after a stimulus. And... What's really interesting, I think, is that um, I've done experiments on myself. Could I train myself to be more empathic? And I found I can, so much so that now we you know when I'm on the airplane watching uh, the, the sad movie, I can't stop myself from crying at the sad movie. So, um, but I've also found that focusing on being more compassionate has made me happier. I connect better to others. And, in fact, we've shown that people who release more oxytocin after a stimulus, a trust stimulus, are, in fact, more satisfied with their lives, and they're more satisfied because they have better relationships of all types. So I think the, the key take-home message for listeners is that relationships matter a lot, and we have an underlying chemistry that allows us to connect to basically whomever we want and that we should sort of listen to this connection, listen to your, your heart, the receptors for oxygen in the heart, listen to your heart, listen to your gut, and you'll kind of know who's safe and who's not safe and, you know, build that social network.
2: So are you saying that your OBGYN gyn colleague has said oxytocin is more important in women. That's completely wrong. It's of equal importance in men and women?
3: Uh, yes and no. Um, so in every experiment I've run, women release more oxytocin than men do. Um, and women are correspondingly more generous with money. Uh, they report being more compassionate in psychological surveys. Um, so women have a leg up on men. It's actually easier for them to connect to others. Um, having said that, I think because of that it's really important for men to understand that this is part of our human nature as men, that we both can be aggressive and dominant and very testosterone-driven, but we can tone it down. Now, how do we do that? You know, nature's so wonderful. When does your testosterone fall as a man? Well, as you age, but also when you're in a committed relationship and when you have children so uh, that the oxytocin side of males can come out more as we get a little older, a little more mature, and as we go through these stages of life where we need to connect better. So I think from a man's perspective, we really need to embrace this. And, so, um, go ahead.
4: so
2: So that means that, you know, me, the newlywed, I, I just married a man, and his testosterone is going to get lower, and his oxytocin is going to get higher, and so... Um, he, uh, he's pretty safe to stay with me? Is that how you right. translate so
3: it? Is, if the, if we have true. a
2: good loving relationship to continue in that type of relationship.
3: That's right and continue to prime the system. So as you know all these brain systems require use to, um, to, to maintain their function and so as you're close to him, as you give him back rubs, as you spend time together, um, as you kiss him, as you do activities together, you build this uh, oxytocin reciprocal oxytocin release, which will motivate him to stay with you and you to stay with him. And congratulations by the way.
2: Well, thank you. I just so you know I want to give people strategies for living their life well. And most of us want to have loving relationships and keep our relationships. So we want to know what we do to keep our men in our in our grasp and around us. So that means. You know, be the loving, wonderful wife and don't be the nag. (laughs) Women out there, be be the loving, wonderful wife and give those back rubs and don't be the nag. So when he comes in tonight and I run over and give him the kiss, that's the right way to do it, to release more oxytocin. (laughs) Well, I I have to thank you for being on the show and all the research that you're doing. Um, Paul, Zach, do you have a website or someplace that we can see your work?
3: We do. Uh, Just Google my name, Paul Zak, Z-A-K, and it will pop up and um, lots more in the new book. Can I give uh, one prescription before I get off the air? Sure. Uh, So I started training myself to release more oxytocin, and one way I did that was by hugging everybody. So, Dr. Veronica, when we meet in person, we will hug immediately, of course. And um, so we found that people who give eight hugs a day are happier. So a very easy thing listeners can do is just focus on eight hugs a day um, it's a wonderful thing to do. I refuse to shake hands now, so I just hug everybody and it earned me the nickname Dr. Love. I'm happy to do that and spread some more love in the world, and I think everybody can do that. So uh, it's an easy first step. So um, the book out in May is yeah. The Moral Molecule. Lots more in there, and um, I hope people will find useful things to do on my website.
2: Wow, thank you. The Moral Molecule, Paul J. Zach, thank you.
3: Wow, I'm still working on my
0: eight glasses of water a day. Now I got to do eight hugs too.
2: God. Well, I got to tell you, the eight hugs are much better than those eight glasses of water that keep you going to the bathroom all the time. Even though you know you're supposed to go to the bathroom, because I got to eliminate the toxins from the world. Oh. Hug,
0: so. Do hugs make you go to the bathroom, Veronica? Never mind. <laughs> 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 I don't, even know,
4: what, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay. It's time for our next guest. Her name is Susan Kachinskis. I think I said that right. Susan Kaczynskis. She is an author also of a book called The Chemistry of Connection, and she's a science writer for Scientific American, Wired, and she maintains a blog called Hug the Monkey, which is one of the longest established blogs on OxyContin. Uh, I knew I was going to say that sooner or later. Oxytocin, not the pain pill, oxytocin. Susan, you're on Wellness for the Real World. Right. Thank
1: you so much. Hi. Hi,
2: Susan. How are you? Hi. I'm good. How are you? Wonderful. I, I, I lo- I've always loved oxytocin. Mm-hmm. Just back from college, you know, I, I was in neuroscience, and I discovered it early, and okay. trying to see the of people, and back then nobody was listening, and now it's like the drug of choice for everyone. which It is, a is good thing. and nice it nice should be. be and I also want to give you my best wishes on
1: your marriage. And one great way to um, build that oxytocin relationship that Paul didn't mention is sex because oxytocin rises in both men and women when you're having sex or any kind of like warm intimate touching and it really peaks and floods both your bodies when you have orgasm. Wow.
2: Okay. Yeah. So, yeah,
1: yeah. so okay. that is the best prescription for a long and happy marriage. <laughs>
2: and and also a long happy life, would you say that's true? Yeah. Absolutely, because
1: um, oxytocin is really um, the wonder, nature's wonder
2: drug. So now tell us about slow sex. You're a certified slow sex Uh-huh. uh-huh. Well, tell us about that.
1: Okay. Um, this is um, well, you know, slow food. The idea is, you know, things that are local, that are simple, that are nourishing, that are sustainable. It's the same thing with slow sex. It's a way of approaching sex. It's not like fast food, like you see in the movies or the porno movies. It's about taking your time and really enjoying what is there at the moment, the physical sensations, and really tuning into them. It's almost like, I want to say, a zen approach to sex in that it's about being present now and not try, worrying about getting to some goal or getting to um, both, both of you climaxing. It's enjoying all the stuff along the way because um, there's plenty of pleasure and there's plenty of oxytocin as you go along the way before you get to that climax.
2: Now obviously this is something that people are not doing or we wouldn't have people like you who need to be coaches of it. Why <laughs> do you right. think that um in our culture today that there's not slow sex? What has happened? I think it's it's a symptom of a
1: greater thing that's happening in our culture where everything is like getting fast. And we're trying to get everything in a pill or a bottle or a mobile device, so we just need to get it and get on with it. And um, also, you know, the, the movies and the media give us a very distorted um, view of relationships and love and sex. And, um, you know, it, it's a bit male-centric because, you know, male sexuality and male orgasm is very sort of linear, and, you know, you're going up, 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 and then And women's uh, orgasm women's sexuality is a lot more diffuse. It's got peaks and valleys. It takes its time. You know, it's not even necessary that you absolutely have a climax every time to get that enjoyment, the pleasure, and the release of oxytocin. So this is a way of slowing things down and realizing that there's plenty to enjoy and that you don't have to look like the movies.
2: So is it that during sex for women, you're saying that we don't need the orgasm to have it, we can still have a a magnificent oxytocin release, but for men, they need the orgasm to get the same type of release? No, thanks for asking that.
1: Not at all. Um, We kind of redefine orgasm as being much bigger than just the actual climax so orgasm begins as soon as your your body is really involved and your involuntary musculature is activated and you start to go into that really pleasant state and this is the case for both men and women although you know a male, male orgasm does seem to take a more linear path a woman might get you know go up go down go up or down but if you, your body is releasing orgasm, I mean, releasing oxytocin, and you're getting pleasure, both men and women, as you go up to that. And I think, unfortunately, in our culture, men don't learn to slow down and enjoy that as much as they could as well.
2: I don't know if you know the answer to this question, but are there cultures where men learn to um, take it easy and slow? That's a good
1: question. I don't know the answer, but I do know that there's a, the practice of tantric sex, which I don't know how much that is really based in real culture these days, but that is another example of um, some, supposedly it's based in you know Hindu culture, I think. Um, but that's an example of another approach. So no, I don't know the answer to that,
2: unfortunately. Hmm. Interesting. Food <laughs> you know, for thought. Yeah. Now, another thing, you talk about the anti-oxytocin. What is the anti Well, that's cortisol. So in our bodies,
1: we have a constant ebb and flow of um, different chemicals, and we have two different systems. We have um, the high, high, I'm just going to call it the HPA axis. This is the stress response system, and it activates your adrenal glands to reduce Release adrenaline and cortisol, and we need to have that response because in the course of our day, you know, we have challenges, we have problems, we have things we've got to get done. If we didn't have that cortisol response, we wouldn't get out of bed, but we can't stay amped up like that all the time, so we have another parallel system, which is ruled by oxytocin, so ideally... Either day we're right teetering on the edge, we're pretty balanced and oh, I have ten minutes, I'm gonna chill and it's just very easy to relax a little and then maybe a little later, you know, your coworker says, Hey, we've gotta get this thing out and you immediately can like amp yourself up a little and rise to that challenge. But it's really easy for us to get stuck in the stress response. So we're always kind of over stressed and over reactive and over tense and we can't ever respond. We'll just relax and uh
2: chill out Mm, interesting i know russell russell you want to jump in and ask a question
0: um well yeah yeah i would i'm um now i understand we all produce oxytocin or have the capacity to produce more or less oxytocin but we can also you can also go out and buy it over the counter correct and and administer it to yourself um,
1: yeah, you can. And I think your third guest, Brian Post, is probably going to talk about that. And I will leave that to him. Um, I will say that the pharmaceutical companies are working on um, oxytocin-like drugs. But I like to talk about natural ways that you can boost your oxy. We say boost your oxytocin. It means just enjoy a little bit of the oxytocin response. And there are a lot of things you can do if you are feeling stressed out and want to relax. If you just want to have, be more open, more loving, more empathic, and happier with your life. Um, and so, most I'm going to talk about the first first of things that studies, at least one scientific study in a published in a journal, has um, found to be true. Um, they found that singing in a choir elevates right. oxytocin. That's interesting. And that's probably hello. Yes, we're listening. Uh, Okay, and that's probably because you're coming into limbic resonance with the people around you. You're feeling a part of something bigger. You feel those vibrations moving in your body, and you have that sense of expansion that comes with oxytocin. Um, They have found that when people pet their dogs, both the people and the dogs had elevated levels of oxytocin, which I love. I'm a dog person. Yeah, so that shows my dog loves me. And so I oh know
2: now why Russell loves Chance so much. Chance is Russell's dog yeah. that we all love. Now we know. We 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 have to figure <laughs> out how to keep Chance alive forever. Now. Oh, <laughs> yeah, what? that's
1: the sad thing. Yeah. Now,
2: okay. So what about petting cats? Is that I'm sure? Okay. Absolutely.
1: There haven't been any studies, but it seems really logical and pretty obvious that if you love your cat and you pet your cat, that you'll feel the same way. And even if not, it doesn't have to be your cat that you love, I don't think, but just if you enjoy cats, then petting a cat, petting a rabbit, probably any kind of a furry pet, and probably interacting with any kind of an animal that you feel drawn to or like. And I think it's really important here to note that, there's a lot of evidence that the oxytocin response is learned. Well, you know, Paul talked a lot about the way we're wired. We all have kind of have the same basic wiring, but a lot of the way the brain makes connections and wires itself happens after we're born in response to our early environment. So some people are maybe much less responsive to oxytocin. Some people may only have the, the oxytocin response um, to a person who in, also incites some fear. Um, it, it, it's kind of more complicated, and that's why some people just can't seem to connect with others mm. because they haven't really learned a healthy oxytocin response. So when I say, for example, petting a dog, yeah, oh, elevates oxytocin. If I was bit by a dog as a child, I'm afraid of dogs. That's going to elevate my cortisol. It's not going to raise my oxytocin. So all this stuff, you know, can be taken with a grain of salt. I am a terrible singer and have horrible embarrassment when I have to sing in a group. So that's not going to raise my oxytocin.
2: <laughs> so, so you said um, singing in a choir for most people, dog heading uh-huh. for most people. Mm-hmm. Assume that you don't have something a bad association with this Is there anything else that people can consider doing to raise their oxytocin like that? Oh, certainly massage. And interestingly, in fact, Paul, Zach,
1: who you had just had on, uh, found that oxytocin levels were elevated not only in the person getting the massage, but the person giving the massage. So
2: So, that giving like, a massage. so that's like the men when the, when Nicole Bedone from One Taste talked about how men have higher oxytocin when they're giving. Mm. Is, that, is that possibly It's like sort of the massage thing going well,
1: on I there? Everybody has higher oxytocin when they're giving. Is that true? Yeah, Is yeah. Well, not everybody, but that's kind of the standard. Uh, you know, people um, talk about neurotypical. That's the typical way that we are wired. In fact, another study found that elderly couples, if one was being the caregiver for the other, that person tended to have elevated levels of oxytocin. Wow. So, caring for so, sick relatives. Uh, yeah. <sighs>
2: okay. Yeah. Yeah, but that is so
1: stressful. So that's sort of a catch-22. It can be, yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Susan, I want to thank you for all that fabulous information as we learned what we can do to elevate our oxytocin. <sighs> That's really great. So now I'm going to run over to Russell's house and pet his dog. (laughs) Actually, actually, I think I'm going to keep petting my husband. That's that's, the best, yeah. Can I mention my book on my website? Sure, absolutely. Sure, thank you.
1: So my book is The Chemistry of Connection, and it's available online booksellers. And you can also go to my website, www.chemistryofconnection.com. I've had a wonderful time talking to you both. Thank you.
2: Thank you so much, Susan.
0: Yes, Susan, thank you. And based on your suggestion, I think we should go talk to this gentleman named Brian Post. He is the founder of the Post Institute for Family-Centered Therapy. He is uh, one of our foremost child behavior experts and manager of a website called OxytocinCentral.com. Brian Post, welcome to Wellness for the Real World.
4: Hey, thanks for having me, Russell. Thanks for having me on, Dr. Veronica. With such a a highly esteemed group of oxytocin experts, it's an honor.
2: Oh, I know this is great. I I love. I'm such a. I love learning. I really just. I do this show every week, so everybody gets information because I'm just so curious myself. Now, I know you're expert on child behavior. What does this all have to do with the oxytocin? What do we need to know about challenging children and oxytocin?
4: Uh, First of all, I actually was really had my light bulbs turned on by Susan Kaczynski's and the Chemistry of Connection. So I want to really recommend that folks go out and get her book because I've, I've been an attachment trauma specialist for 15 years. So working with really the most difficult children and their families and I happened to be interviewing Susan once, and we were talking about the chemistry of connection, and she was talking about oxytocin, and I had had the book and I had kind of skimmed it, but i hadn 't really made the connections and My big thing about why children have so many challenges. And why trauma is so detrimental to us throughout the lifespan is that it creates a stress reaction with our brain. It conditions our brains, it sensitizes our brains towards stress. So my big thing with parents In working with foster children and adopted children, because that's my heart, my specialization, has always been you have to see that these children are stress sensitive and they're fearful. That's how you have to look at them. You can't look at these children as angry and controlling and defiant. You have to see them as stressed out children. And when these children bring these behaviors into into your home, they're going to cause you to be stressed out. So the first thing you have to do is you have to lower your stress so that you can help them to lower their stress. Well, I've been teaching that for ten years. Okay, I did the books, the DVDs, and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, a few years ago, along comes Susan Kaczynski's interviewing me about working with kids. Of course, I don't have any idea really what she's what she's working on, and this is her Chemistry Connection book. And I'm interviewing her, and we're talking about oxytocin. And then I'm like, Oh my gosh! Oxytocin is the anti-stress hormone, so when I've been talking to parents about why their children are acting out, what I've really been saying is that their children have deficient oxytocin responses, and when I've been talking to parents about you've got to calm yourself down, you've got to stay mindful, you've got to be present, you have to find understanding. What I've really been saying to these parents is you've got to turn on your oxytocin response in order to help train your child's oxytocin response so that you guys can form an oxytocin bond because relationship is the single most important thing. If you lose the relationship, you lose everything. And so all of a sudden I was like, holy crap. Oxytocin is the greatest thing in the world. It's why we have it's why we have so many wars. It's why we have such a high divorce rate. It's why we have people who just can't seem to get along because our society is deficient of oxytocin. This learned hormone. We didn't get it well. You know, you go back you only have to go back a few generations and every single one of us is in severe trauma generationally. We're in, we're in slavery, we're in the Holocaust, we're in the Great Depression. That's severe trauma, and trauma shapes the DNA of the brain and body system. So that gets passed down. So this deficient oxytocin response that many of us in our society struggle with, it's generational. And that's mm. what oxytocin has to do with parents and children and relationships and families.
2: Wow. And so... Based on your discovery through Susan, and you guys are all like loving on each other. They're having an oxytocin love (laughs) fest about all these oxytocin experts. It's just, it's pretty cool because you're all very, very, you must have high oxytocin because you're all very passionate, (laughs) okay? Um, Have you used oxytocin? Uh, externally, not you know, you tell them to, people calm down, raise your own oxytocin, yeah. help raise your child's oxytocin, and you could think you know you got to touch, you got to hug, you got to this, that, and the other thing. But have you tried external oxytocin, oxytocin pills, to help in these type of situations?
4: Yes, I have actually, and, and as a clinician, my big thing, you know, I I want families to be as healthy as possible but I also understand how difficult it can be when someone is under constant stress, when someone's in a bad marriage, when someone has a kid who's always acting out because and then they, they you know, the parents, they have to work all these jobs and try to pay their bills. You have a bad economy. I understand how hard it is for people to be able to slow down and, and to be able to connect and be in a relationship. So I actually started doing some research trying to find out well, where can people obtain this wonderful hormone, not as a replacement, because I believe that, Ultimately, we have to come back to relationship. Ultimately, we have to be able to build stronger families, stronger relationships with our children, because that's what's going to make the difference in our world. But how can families get a little support and and, and get a little assistance? And I helped the company develop a supplement called Oxytocin Factor, and it is a supplement that's derived from oxytocin, and we've been using it. We've probably got about 500 folks we have used it in a research study that we've been doing, and about 90% of those people have had really good positive results. And what I've done with that is I've really encouraged many of the families that I've worked with, the parents, to to use this as a supplement in their ability to calm down and relate to their children so that they won't be so stressed out. And there's also a... So, so uh, what you're doing...
2: Let me just uh, – sorry for interrupting. What you're doing, instead of treating the child with a pill, like we tend to do so much today, is you're saying, here, parent, you need the pill so you can calm down, and therefore maybe your child won't need all these other medicines.
4: Is yes, that what you're doing? Yes, that's it. That's what I've been going for for the last 10 years, you know. I've, I'm banging my head, uh, trying to get parents to be able to calm themselves down without understanding that they, we don't just calm down. I mean, it takes it takes a real system like, like Dr. said, You have to have a social support system around you to be able to get enough oxytocin to get to that place. And I I work with parents who are, like, in bad spots. And so my thing is, look, don't drug your kid because I, I, ju- I just – don't like giving kids stuff because their brains are so, so young and still developing. I say to parents, take a few drops of oxytocin. Uh, you, this is a sublingual. You take it under your, under your tongue. You let it sit there for a minute and just... Be mindful of what happens, of the openness that you feel, of the calmness that you can feel, to allow you to then not be so reactive to your child. Because, see, when we've experienced stress and trauma, we have to go through what we have to go through. Kids have to go through these behaviors because that's a part of their their healing process. So if I can get an adult to be able to meet that child in a loving, understanding space, it's going to give that child one more opportunity to make it through that negative experience and come out on the other side, realizing that there's still an adult there who loves them, who understands them, and who's not going away. So I, all I mean, I mm-hmm. encouraged, have encouraged so many of my parents. You know, just try it. I mean, it, it's it's not harmful. I mean, it's been around for years and years and years. You know, it's definitely worth a shot. Yes. Well, I,
2: I, Brian, I want to thank you for your work, and I am also. Uh, a mother of an adopted son, and I'm just going to tell my audience because I'm, I'm a very proud mother here. My youngest son um, actually goes away to boarding school. And called me up today right before we started the show and said, Mom, Mom, I made the President's List. The President's List is um, the highest honors at the school for the market period. He's been trying really wow. hard. And I'm just very proud of my son because we, we adopted Joel when he was five years old. And he's I, I have three sons. I love them all. Um, and, but Joel, because he was adopted and went through some trying circumstances, I've always been more concerned about what's going to happen with him just because of what history he's been through. And I've done my best to stay a calm parent, be loving, um, you know, have the guilt because I'm like, we, 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 we have him in boarding school, which he's doing fabulously well in the school. So although I don't like having him away, I also realize that he's excelling and so perhaps sure. he needs to stay in this environment, and that's why it's, it's it's quite expensive that once a month we fly him home so he can be with the family. He was just home this weekend, so we can give him hugs wow. and all that type of yeah. stuff. So um, I, I love, Brian, I appreciate your work. I love oxytocin and the idea that we can use this hormone that's already in our body that's safe to use to help us bond more, to help our children more. Thank you for that type of work. Brian Post of oxytocincentral.com, oxytocinfactor.com. And did I miss a book in here somewhere?
4: (laughs) Postinstitute.com is where all of our parenting material is at.
2: Postinstitute.com, parenting material. Thank you, Brian.
4: Thank you, Dr. Veronica. Thanks, Russell.
0: You're welcome. And now with us from Montreal is Allison Heath. She's a longevity expert, and I believe she has for us some some uh, techniques and some foods that can stir up our oxytocin for us. Welcome, I'm Allison Heath, to Wellness for the Real World.
5: Oh, well, thank you very much, Master Cook. It's wonderful <laughs> to be here. Ooh, Master Cook. Hmm. <laughs> Well, Allison, welcome. And so now
2: what you got to tell us is before we get into breathing and things like that, we all love to eat. And if we can eat foods that are going to boost our oxytocin and not make us obese, we want to know about those foods. So let's start with that first.
5: Okay, Dr. Veronica, with pleasure. So this is all about going back to the basics. Essentially what you want to do is you want to give your brain the building blocks that it needs. And this is one of the work that I do as a longevity rescuer. In fact, I'm just having a a telesummit with 25 different experts that can all help people jack up their oxytocin in their body. So you want to really go back to the basics. Instead of forget the pop, forget the junk food, and we all know that, but we can do things like wild microedible algae and sea vegetables that really support our health. We can hydrate our body with coconut water and just plain pure water. There's astaxanthin is another sea vegetable that is absolutely profound in its effect on our body. Maca, that's another food for women that <gasps> yes! I love it. Good. Good, you see? And and sprouted vegetables, fresh sprouted vegetables, it's like eating youth. And you're getting that all into your body. So what we want to do is we want to start balancing our hormones. Because cortisol, that's a hormone. Oxytocin, that's a hormone. And, And this affects everything. Uh, you know, thyroid, when you've got a hypothyroid condition, and it's huge, there are more people with hypothyroid than diabetes, and so many of them are undiagnosed. So this is another case in point. You want to be able to balance all your hormones. Insulin is a hormone. And so with, with, uh, you know, when, when Paul was telling you about getting hugs. Dr. Zach and I, by the way, if you got a hug from him, you'd be really happy, Dr. Veronica. He was a scientist. He is gorgeous. We were on stage together. We shared a stage in L.A., and he is fantastic. So when he's talking about eight hugs a day, he's so right. I did a video about that because you don't have to have somebody in your life. Not everybody's as lucky as you are. Not everybody has a nice brand-new husband. So you can hug yourself. If you don't have a dog like Russell does, give yourself a big hug eight times a day, and you're going to see a change. It's that simple. So, you know, when Susan was talking about she likes to get oxytocin naturally, not from a supplement, not from something on the outside. And I agree with her 100% because we can, we can start little tricks. It doesn't matter whether you're a little kid having a temper tantrum. <laughs> or whether you're a really old person who's suffering from Alzheimer's and you're kind of freaked out and scared, it doesn't matter where you are in your range of life. You can learn some tricks. You can learn some things that are really going to help. And that's why they bring dogs into old folks' homes or retirement homes or whatever you call them. You know, it's... it's all it's not a complicated thing. And and when Susan was talking about orgasms, same thing. It, if we look way back in time, the men had to be out there looking for the saber-toothed tiger. While they were having fun on the planes, frolicking and having their orgasms, one person had to be aware all the time, and it was the man being the role of the protector. So the woman hmm. could act, go much deeper and lose herself in that. Um, breathing technique, specific breathing oh, technique
2: that you can give the audience so they can
5: start their way down to higher
2: oxytocin.
5: Yes, I learned this from from Dr. Ellie Drake, who's the head of Braveheart Women, and she actually does a whole weekly call on called the Prosperity Hormones. And that's what oxytocin is for women. It's their prosperity hormone. It ticks in their ability to be able to tend and befriend themselves and to be able to make money in the corporate world instead of working on adrenaline. So back to the breathing. When you want to do this, you just want to be able to sit there and relax, and then you slowly let your lungs fill with air. And on the exhale, instead of going like, ah, like that, A-H, you want to put H-A-H in front of it. And so you just allow your lungs to fill with air and you just go, ah. And it's like this beautiful sigh full of pleasure. And I have seen multitudes of women just turn around their stress and it really is so effective because it just immediately signals your hypothalamus in your brain. And it just starts shooting out oxytocin, and it goes right down the vagus nerve. And that's why mothers lactate. That's what is oxytocin that's making it so that they can breastfeed their babies. It's Let me have a safety. question about that. Um, you're
2: yeah. saying, go, ah. Oh. So is that the breath, like the actual breathing, that's making the oxytocin relief or is it the sound, that sound that's causing the relief?
5: It's the combination of the two. So you'll see that people do this naturally and so do animals. When they stretch, they go, ah, and they do this stretch kind of thing. That's getting their oxytocin flowing in their body. So it's, it's just, it's such a pleasure. And when teaching people to do this particular breathing, it's really interesting because you'll see, you can intuitively sense, you can feel the vibration of somebody that's really tense and really stuck in adrenaline and cortisol. And they're just like, and you can feel that vibration, their voice is up, everything changes. So when you do that and you just teach them how to breathe out like that the first time they'll go ah like this and you can hear that you can hear the adrenaline in that and then you teach them to go <laughs> ah you see the difference yeah you f- will when you I, listen to that you feel calm i want i gotta move on
2: bravo allison heath so thank you for being on wellness for the real world
5: yeah you're so welcome thank you for having me dr veronica
0: and now we have with us Dr. Joseph Schrand. He is an instructor of psychiatry at Harvard Medical School and medical director of an organization called Castle, Clean and Sober Teens Living Empowered. Dr. Schrand, you're on Wellness for the Real World. Welcome. It is such a
6: pleasure to be with both of you tonight. Thank you so much. I I, I just want to mention that the two of you and, and all the other speakers have actually had an impact on my oxytocin levels. And that's really what it's all about. Because it's not just whether I can increase my oxytocin levels. It's how can I actually modulate an oxytocin level in somebody else? That's that's part of the relationship. So
2: Okay, so I have to share with the audience something about Dr. Joe, okay? Okay. Dr. Joe was Joe in the original children's series of Zoom and you got to be old enough to remember I'm going to Zoom, 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 my Zoom
6: <laughs> Thank so you, Dr. I, for
2: those who are old enough to know Zoom I don't, Russell, I don't know if you remember Zoom I thought it was a oh, great yeah. show <laughs> um, I don't know why it didn't stay on longer but I, I love the show and what you're doing over at Harvard Tales in comparison to Zoom, but well, since we are here talking about oxytocin, <laughs> we'll switch back over to oxytocin and go away from Zoom.
6: <laughs> you know, that that is just so sweet of you to remember. It was all the way back in 1972, and I, I, I'm going to date myself about this. Uh, we actually just had our 40th anniversary. Forty years ago, Zoom was airing um, in, uh, through PBS, uh, WGBH in Boston. So thank you. Very sweet of you.
2: Well, now I've got to edit this show so people don't know that I know about me. <laughs> <laughs>
6: well, I think I might have increased your cortisol levels. Sorry about that.
2: <laughs> but Okay, so let's talk about the work that you're doing over at the esteemed Harvard Medical School where you work with addicted teens, and this has also something to do with oxytocin. So give us the connection between teen addiction and oxytocin.
6: Sure. Let me also mention that, that the the main um, uh, sort of foundation that we work for is a place called High Point Treatment Center. This is a non-profit organization that works with uh, people with addictions uh, throughout the South Shore, and it's it's really a, a very important group um, that that has given me the opportunity to work with these teens. We started a program about three and a half years ago uh, for. Kids ages 13 to 17, uh, they can be 18 if they're still in school, and these are kids who come and stay with us for a couple of weeks. Uh, Many of them uh, are addicted to drugs like heroin, alcohol, Mm -hmm. benzodiazepines, cocaine, marijuana. They all have to have some addiction component. And what what we've been able to develop there is really... I, I think it's really quite remarkable, and that's why um, I'm so delighted to be talking with you, because it really is oxytocin-driven. Remember, I'm a clinician, not a researcher. Mm-hmm. but I, I believe that, that at the core, at our heart of hearts, a human being simply wants to feel valued by another human being. And this is a very important component, because the root, I think, to feeling valuable is feeling respected. And the reason I say this is because there's a very important observation I'd just like to share with you. When is the last time you got angry at someone who you really believed was treating you with respect? You don't. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, anger is an emotion designed to change the behavior of somebody else. Um, I'm actually writing a book about this uh, through Harvard Health Publications. It will be out in a year or so. But it's, it's looking at the idea that if anger is an emotion designed to change the behavior of somebody else, we don't want to change feeling respected. That feels great, so we don't get angry. This is the fundamental premise of the way we are working with these kids with addictions. Addiction generates a chemical in the brain called dopamine. Now, we've mentioned cortisol, we mentioned oxytocin, but dopamine is an ancient chemical. It's been traveled with us for hundreds of millions of years. We know this because we can find dopamine in some of the most primitive uh, organisms in the world. You know, a pleasure snails have dopamine. It's a pleasure hormone. Oxytocin is also a pleasure hormone, but it is a different kind of pleasure. It is the pleasure that we get when somebody says, You're amazing. You did a great job with that. This is fantastic. And what we believe at CASEL is by shifting kids out of this limbic response to the pro-social component that is generated by oxytocin, by reminding them of their value, by treating them with respect, we believe that they actually may be less likely to do drugs. The speakers that you had before, were, were so impressive to me. I mean, Dr. Zak is, you know, one of my absolute heroes. The other speakers have <laughs> contributed so much uh, to our understanding of this basic, basic human relationship. But the part that was really interesting, with, what Dr. Zack said, and it was just sort of a throwaway comment, but it was in, in regard to the, the real impetus for the show was the dark side of oxytocin. You know, does oxytocin generate an in-group that thing creates an out-group in opposition to it. And Dr. Zach said something which I think was so important. He said, there is no limit to how big an in-group can be. This is a critical insight for who we are as human beings, critical, I think one of the best examples you can stop me if I go on too long. Stop me. But but one of, one of the best examples well, is we're, AA. We're getting
2: towards we're getting towards that okay. two minute mark.
6: I'm gonna i to so. wrap it up. But, but just think <laughs> was about AA. I gonna wrap
4: up. Yes.
6: <laughs> Alcoholics Anonymous has every single type of person in the world involved in it. Every ethnic group, male and female, old and young, but they have found a commonality. They identify themselves as an in-group because of alcohol. Shakespeare got it right all those years ago in Merchant of Venice. Shylock says, if you prick us, do we not bleed? What we can do with oxytocin is expand our in-group so far that we can really begin to support each other. There doesn't need to be a limitation of resources we are the unlimited resource. Respect leads to value, value leads to trust, trust leads to oxytocin, and that leads you to unleash your unlimited human potential.
2: Beautiful Dr. Joe from Zoom 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 Zoom. <laughs> what a wonderful way to end the show on oxytocin. Oxytocin is the hero of the hormones of today. We're finally discovering that. So I want to all welcome you to write for the DrVeronica.com blog so we can get it out to our audience out there. I want to say to my audience, come visit DrVeronica.com, see all these wonderful people and their works that I assemble for you, and... When you go interact with your health care providers, start talking about oxytocin. Start breathing and eating to increase your oxytocin. So it's been great. And come follow me on social media. I meet such wonderful people on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn. Dr. Veronica I M Dr. Veronica Anderson, my fan page. I also have personal friends on there that I interact with. You can send me private messages. This is Social Media Medicine at its best. Keep coming back. We love you. Wellness for the real world.